We're so glad you can join us this morning, whether you're here in person or joining us online. Um, yeah, we're really excited. This morning is kind of a special morning. We've got our new senior pastor here with us, um, and we're celebrating Pastor Scott. Um, and so we're just really excited that you're here to join us. Would you stand as we begin to worship?
As we turn our hearts to the Lord this morning, I'd like to refer us to a very familiar passage, but one that I think explains the journey that we've been on the last couple of years here in our church from Isaiah chapter 40, beginning with verse 31. Actually, verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Maybe you felt a little bit like that over the last year or so. Uh, If we're honest with ourselves, we can have times of weakness, can't we? But here's the promise, and I've seen our congregation rise to embrace these promises over and over again in this last season. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. And he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If you haven't met him yet, Pastor Tim Byers here. Tim, stand up and wave your hand at everyone. Really glad to have you here, and you are the reason why we have persevered and why we have been trusting in the Lord. So our prayers are with you, and we're glad that you're here. Let's join together in prayer as we go to the Lord. Father in heaven, we just thank you for your faithfulness to us. And we do admit that there have been times when we have questioned, when we have cried out to you and thought, we don't know if we can do this. But yet you have remained faithful to who you are And you have given us the fulfillment of this promise from your prophet. You've given us strength. You've given us the ability to to walk and not be faint. To run and not grow weary. And even today we thank you that we are soaring on your wings like an eagle soars on the air that's underneath it. And you are our air underneath our wings. Thanks for Pastor Tim and Vanessa and their girls. And uh, Lord, we just continue to thank you for the way that you are leading us and trust you for our future. Father, we are facing continuing challenges with COVID-19 continuing to hang around and give us reason to trust you and our weakness. We see the unrest in our culture today. We pray, Lord, for those who are hurting with years of pain and hardship. We also stand with those who are committed to protecting us and giving us a nation of laws, whether that be our police force or our civic leaders. 
help us navigate this very important season in the life of our country. May we as your church, as we just sung, be the hope of our nation. Give us your wisdom and your humility to preserve our mission, which is to share the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. May that be our commitment and our mission to you. Lord, thank you for our church and some of the unique challenges that we face. One of them is our Honey Rock staff is returning back to camp. And they need to navigate this COVID deal with great care. And so, Lord, the unique challenges that are upon them, we pray for them. And ask, Lord, that you give them your strength and your grace and help us, Lord, to be supportive of them in any way that we're able. For those in our church who are struggling with illness, suffering loss, looking forward to newness with birth of children or upcoming weddings or headed off to college or experiencing new ministries, we pray, Lord, that you would give us Give us servant hearts that we might all be active members of the Fellowship of the Towel, serving and loving one another. And when the world sees that, they'll know that we are your disciples. So we pray, Lord, that you would honor yourself in our service today, in the week, months, and years to follow, as we seek to promote the mission that you've laid upon our hearts to connect people to you through the Lord Jesus Christ, to grow, to become like Jesus, and to love and serve one another. To that end, we commit ourselves anew and afresh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to read the Hallelujah this morning. So stand with us and... Um, this song is just gorgeous lyrics, so we want you to sing it out with all that you've heard this morning.
songs like this and sing about about your victory over the grave, over death. We thank you that in your name we find all the strength that we need, Lord. We thank you that, we just thank you for everything that you've done for us in spite of the fact that we're sinners and we thank you that you loved us first, Lord. We thank you that your mercies are new every single day.
promise of the living hope that is kept in heaven for us that will never spoil or fade away. We give you thanks now for this opportunity to delve into your word, to use it for your glory. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today is Father's Day, so for all of you fathers who are here today or listening online, happy Father's Day to you. We do have a token gift for you to take home with you. Um, We've ordered some dad's root beer barrels for you. And so the first 23 dads who can grab one of these on the back, grab them before they're gone and take them home and and, uh, just be reminded that we love you guys and we're proud of the way that your dad's and we wanted to give you something to take home with you. Also, if you haven't yet, um, we still have some more uh, Fellowship of the Towel Towels. And we'd like everyone who wants one to take one with you. And uh, continue to be reminded of our commitment to love and serve one another as God's people. Well, what's the comparison between Mother's Day and Father's Day? I um, thought that would be an interesting thing to think of, so I did a little bit of research. Of course, you don't believe everything online, but this one says that on Mother's Day, spending is 40% higher than on Father's Day. And so, ladies, uh, you get the advantage there. Mothers do brunch at a restaurant. Dads stay home and grill on the grill. Uh, mothers, 33% clothing for Mother's Day gifts. For dads, ready for this? 43% clothing for Father's Day. And the tie has been replaced by the sports jersey for the most popular clothing item given to dads on Father's Day. Uh, One website talked about the most popular Father's Day gifts is a jersey to hang, or a hanger to hang the sports jersey on. Uh, $23.99, that's quite a hanger. Um, Premium jersey, or jerky, in a camel can. You can spend up to 50 bucks for a camel can with premium jerky in it. Uh, A crate of bacon, $49. In that, you get bacon jerky, bacon peanut butter, bacon salt, bacon hot sauce, bacon salsa, and my favorite, bacon scratch (laughs) band-aids. $109, grill master kit. You get brass knuckles to tenderize your steaks. A cast iron smoker kit. Four steak thermometers, dried hickory wood chips, and three bottles of premium barbecue sauce. Then for $129, you can get a clean shaving kit. Um, Many of you with facial hair, this doesn't relate, but uh, you can get $129 for a silver tip badger brush, a Parker-style blade razor, five premium blades, a barber comb, imperial pre-shave oil, glycerin face soap, and Bagamont aftershave. Favorite games to play with Dad on Father's Day. Top of the list, ball games in the backyard, mini golf, beanbag toss, 
ring toss over the bottle, and the number one game that dads play with their kids, pin the tail on dad. <laughs> so for those of us in healthy families who experience healthy relationship with our dads, let's thank God for you. Really thank God for you. Those who study culture from both a secular and a biblical point of view talk about the great benefit of healthy fathering in the home. If you want to check out the references for this research, it's online on my sermon notes. You can, you can do that on our webpage. But there is a, a study that was posted in Psychology Today which says that even from birth, children who have an involved father are more likely to be emotionally secure, to be confident to explore their surroundings, and as they grow older, have better social connections with their peers because of an involved father. These children are also less likely to get into trouble at home, school, and in the neighborhood. A number of studies suggest that they are more sociable and popular with other children throughout childhood. One study of school-aged children found that children with good relationships with their fathers were less likely to experience depression, less likely to exhibit disruptive behavior or to lie, and were more likely to exhibit pro-social behaviors. And this same study found that boys with involved fathers had fewer school behavior problems and that girls had stronger self-esteem. Research from the University of Pennsylvania said that children who feel a closeness and warmth with their fathers are twice as likely to enter college, 75% less likely to have a child out of wedlock, 80% less likely to be incarcerated, and half as likely to show various signs of depression. And in a 26-year-long study, Researchers found that the number one factor in developing empathy in children was father involvement in the home. Fathers spending regular time alone with their children translated into children who become compassionate adults. So to the dads who are here today and are involved in your families, way to go. Way to go. It will pay off not only in your family, but our church and our culture will be better for it. But it's not always like that. Some of us as men have had difficult experiences as dads with our children. And some of us as children have had difficult experiences with our dads. But I think every Christian man wants to be a good dad. Every Christian wife wants a good dad as her husband. And so my desire today for Father's Day is to give us as men something to think about. Uh, a principle that you can build on. I'm not going to go through and exhaustively talk about all the biblical principles of being a good godly father. But here's an interesting principle that you can take home and think about and build on it in your devotions, in your personal Bible study, and it's this. 
the example of how God relates to us, his children, is the model of how we relate to our children. God is the model. As our Father God relates to us for our good, as our Father God relates to us for the good of the church, for the good of the nation, and as our Father God relates to us for his glory. And so it follows, in my opinion, if we relate to our children the way God relates to us, it is for their good, for the good of the family, for the good of the church, and for the health of the nation. So let's look at the fatherhood of God as the example for us as Christian dads. And just think about how God being our father is something that we as dads and men might be able to experience in our families as well. Now for those of you who are not dads, there's plenty here for us to think about because God is your father. And thinking about the the great fatherhood of God and the blessings that that brings to your life, is something you can take home with you today. But particularly those who've been given the awesome responsibility and privilege of being fathers. Here are three things to think about that might influence our attempts to be godly fathers. First, like our Heavenly Father, show your love to your children through forgiveness. Through love and forgiveness. And if you're not a dad, think about the love and forgiveness God, our Heavenly Father, has shown to you. And marvel and worship God for the fact that He is your Father. But for those of us who are dads, let's consider the parable of the prodigal son found in Luke chapter 15. Uh, This is a very familiar story. Jesus tells us, I think, setting an example for us, applying the father in this story to God and the sons in this story to us. Let's just consider one of the sons in this parable, and that's the son who went to his dad and said, Dad, I want my inheritance. And of course, when a son comes to his dad, and dad always has high hopes that, okay, Here's your inheritance. I, I trust that you'll invest it. You know, you'll buy a farm and make a successful farmer. You'll build a business and become successful as a businessman. You'll use these resources. And you'll, you'll do them and you'll, you'll make our family proud. But that's not what happened with this particular case. This son took the inheritance from his dad went to a foreign country and wasted it and squandered it on loose living, sinful living behaviors. I'm sure the father was devastated. His reputation and his family name was dragged through the mud. Let's pick up the story at verse 17. Here's what happens to this son. He fell on hard times. Verse 17 says, When he came to his senses... In other words, when he began to repent of his sinfulness. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So I got up and went to his father. Do you see that? He stopped, presented himself to God. He turned and went the other direction. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. The fatherhood of God. Aren't you grateful that God takes us back when we come to him in repentance? What a heavenly father he is. Dads, sometimes I think it's more difficult to be a father of an adult child than it is to be the father of a little one growing up in our home. Wouldn't you agree? Because bad decisions made by children result in consequences that grow more and more serious the older they get. And so an adult child that makes a poor decision, the consequence is incredibly high. And so we as dads sit by and we watch our children sometimes and we long for them to make good godly decisions, but when they don't, it's easy for us to turn our back on them, but God did not turn his back on this son. This, this, this father did not turn his back on the prodigal son. And when he repented and turned to him, he ran to him and threw his arms around him. Dads, if our children are estranged from us, and they come to their senses, which should be our prayer. We talked about the devotion to prayer uh, last week. If God works in their hearts and brings them to their senses and they come back to us, even as God loves and forgives us, dads, let's love and forgive our children. It's not easy. That's the example of the fatherhood of God. Second, like our Heavenly Father, show your love to your children through loving discipline. And think about that. If we're not a dad here, think about how God disciplines us and the blessing of being disciplined by our Father. I turn to Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. Again, thinking about God's relationship to us. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, Hebrews 12, beginning with verse 5, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. <laughs> do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. 
For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Skip down to verse 10. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Thank God that he loves us enough to discipline us, to set boundaries for us, and to allow us to experience consequences when we, when we stray. It shows that God loves us. It shows that he cares for us. Dads, what an example for us as dads in our homes. Love your children enough to discipline them. I was reminded this week of a study that was found, in, and you can look, look this study up again. I've got it referenced in my sermon notes on the webpage. There were researchers who went into an elementary school, and they took an elementary class to a playground that had no fences on it. And when they, they took these children on reset, recess and they, they took them to a playground with no fences, these children were timid. They huddled around their teacher. They did not play very well. They were, they were just kind of wondering what to do and, and they did not have a real active experience on that playground. So the next week, the same teacher took these same students to a playground with fences in it and released these children to play. And they ran and they explored and they played and they were happy because they had the security of a fence. They had the security of a boundary. That's what we mean by loving Discipline. My, my complete conviction is that children long to have boundaries. They long for their parents to love them enough to say no and to give them boundaries and then to release them to live within those boundaries. If you're not a dad, thank God that he gave us boundaries. And if you are a dad, give your children boundaries because that's the example of God. Third, like our Heavenly Father gives of himself to us, give yourself to your children. And if you're not a dad, think about this for a little bit. Thank God forgiving himself for you. So I want to camp on this thought for a little while because this is, a, this is a profound concept that I think is really important for us to understand as Christian people. John chapter 3, verse 16. We all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
So let's think about this idea of God giving Jesus. Let me share with you what I don't I think this verse does not mean. God did not send Jesus to live and die for us like Jesus was some sort of arbitrary helpless victim that was sent as uh, by a an overseeing judge that was just giving a sentence for crucifixion. One non-biblical perspective calls the cross divine child abuse. <laughs> and here's the thought. The thought is, uh, at the cross, God exhausted his anger on his helpless son so that the father might begin to love the people for whom Christ made the ultimate sacrifice. In this caricature, the son is the whipping boy, enabling sinners to get away with what roused God's displeasure in the first place. Michael Horton writes that in the White Horse Inn blog. The idea here is that Jesus is, is just this helpless little victim that, that God sent into the world and he threw his wrath on this helpless little boy in order to redeem his children. So Jesus becomes the helpless victim. I hope in the times that we looked at the passion of Jesus this year and last year, we see that Jesus was anything but a helpless victim in that week. In the triumphal entry, he deliberately went. In the crucifixion, he deliberately went. He could have called down a myriad and myriad of angels and stopped the whole process. He didn't because he was intimately involved in the process. And at the, from the very beginning, he was committed. He set his, his direction like flint to the cross. Nothing was going to deter him. Absolutely, totally involved was Jesus. Anything but a helpless victim. But then there are those who say, well, Jesus was a self-sacrificing martyr. Because the Father never wanted Jesus to give, to, to give himself for forgiveness of sins. All the Father wanted was just to punish and throw out his wrath and get vengeance on these people. When we look at the Bible and we think, that's absolutely, totally unbiblical as well. The Father demonstrates his love. We just saw that in the prodigal son or the proof of his discipline. Over and over, in spite of our sinfulness, God mourned and grieved over the eternal destiny of his children. So the father took initiative, but the son embraced it. And, and we studied through the book of Colossians. Listen to chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Here's the bottom line. God the Father gave himself in Christ on the cross. God was there in Christ on the cross. 
God was intimately present in Christ on the cross. Charles Wesley writes in his famous hymn, And Can It Be, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. The Father died in Christ. He gave himself in Jesus. You see the application for us as dads? Our children don't want our money. Our children don't even want our time if we're just putting in time to put in time. They want us. They want to feel our presence in their lives. They want us to sacrifice for them. They want to know that that we will give our lives for them. That's what God our Father did for us on the cross. So here's my conclusion. We could have talked about many other ways that God is our Father. But my conclusion is God is the perfect Heavenly Father. And he is the example for earthly fathers of how to show loving forgiveness, loving discipline, and how to give of ourselves for our children. But does that mean that our children are all going to just turn out great? How did God's children turn out? Have you ever thought about that? Israel was God's child. God raised them up as his children. He loved them with an everlasting love. He disciplined them over and over again, ultimately with exile in Babylon. And he gave of himself for them on the cross. Yet, not all responded. They were not perfect children. Gentlemen, we can be perfect dads. And our children still may not turn out perfectly. So what's the example of God? The example of God is God continues to remain true to himself. He remains true to who he is. He stays the course. He stays being God, our Father. He consistently maintains his Christian integrity. (laughs) We want to say that. No matter how his children turn out, He is true to who he is. He follows his own example. And God continues to reach out to our world. And in his providence, he continues to orchestrate the unfolding story of history, not wanting any to perish, but to offer all the gift of eternal life. And when we follow his example, we are pointing our children to him, which is their greatest hope. That's what we do as fathers.
And that's how we thank God and appreciate the fact that He is our Father. Father in heaven, Jesus taught us to call you Dad, Daddy. For you are intimately involved in our lives. You care for us and we feel your presence. And Lord, like some dads who are here, some who are listening online, you have great sorrow for some of your children. Yet those who come to their senses and return to you, you run to them and forgive them. And Lord, you've given us your word as a boundary. And you've demonstrated your love and that while we were yet sinners, you gave of yourself, your son. May that be our example. May we look to you often and may we marvel. Even though our earthly dads may not have done a very good job, we can look to you as our Heavenly Father and know and trust that you are on the throne and that you are actively loving us. So we thank you for your fatherhood. It's a great example for us as dads and it's a wonderful blessing for all of us. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today is the conclusion of my ministry among you as your interim pastor. It's been a tremendous blessing for me uh, to be here the last 18 months. My wife, Faye, is here today. Uh, she joins me in uh, thanking you for the opportunity we have had as a couple to be involved in this ministry. Um, she has been my rock. She has been my facilitator to enable me to be here. And I, I know that every time I turned to her, she was right there for me. And uh, she was every bit, even though she might not have been here in person, she was definitely involved. So thanks, babe, for being part of my life and my ministry. It's been a great joy for me to be able to continue to learn. I've learned a lot uh, being here. I hope I'm always be a learning pastor. And uh, I just want to say thank you for giving me the privilege of being able to still be involved in ministry. The culmination of uh, my ministry has been uh, to walk alongside Eric Gustafson and the search team. Eric is here. Eric, how can we thank you enough for the ministry you have given to our church uh, in leading our staff? And uh, the consummation has been the opportunity for us today to welcome Pastor Tim. And I want to read a letter that the senior pastor of his church in Minnesota wrote to us. And uh, just make this our introduction and our commissioning to Pastor Tim. Uh, pastor Gerald writes this. Dear Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church, as the saying goes, our loss is your gain. While we are sad about the prospects of Pastor Tim, Vanessa, Adelia, Evelyn, and Isla leaving our church and community, 
who surely rejoice about the prospects of their partnering with you in ministry at the Three Lakes EFC. We of Grace EFC have benefited from Tim's heart for the Lord and his passion to cultivate deep and abiding relationships. Mine has been the privilege of partnering with Tim on the staff team over the past three years. In that capacity, I saw firsthand his attention to detail, his intentional equipping of both children and parents, his collegial spirit, and most importantly, his commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ and how that good news affects all of life. You too will value and benefit from the gifting that the Lord has entrusted to him. So this note is simply to celebrate with you as a church and specifically to affirm the search team for the careful way in which they have journeyed to reach this point. I've been grateful that Tim took me into his confidence in the early stages of this conversation with you. And because of that, I've appreciated how clearly and continuously and courteously the search team communicated with Tim each step of the process. I feel honored that Tim invited me to serve as one of his references. We purpose to send the buyers off with our blessing, even though that may be a challenge in this shelter-in-place season, knowing that they are transitioning to a church where I believe they will thrive, so encourage us, encourages us greatly. May the Lord, as the head of the church, continue to guide both GEFC, that's Grace Church in Minneapolis area, and TLEFC in these important days of transition. To God be the glory. Blessings, Pastor Gerald. That's high reference, Tim. And we have every confidence that we'll say the same thing in not too many years as we discover your giftedness and your ministry among us. So I'd like to ask you to come up on the platform. I'd like to ask uh, Eric Gustafson, our search committee chair, and our newly elected church chairman, Bill Long, to please come up. And uh, one of our carpenters made a baton for me. And this is a literal baton, kind of a symbol of what it means to pass the baton of pastoral leadership over to our new senior pastor. And so, Tim, it's with great pleasure and anticipation and confidence that I pass the pastoral leadership baton to you. Don't drop it. (laughs) Take it to the finish line for the glory of God. And before you say anything, you probably want to say something. It is wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm just thankful to you, Eric, and the search team for, as Pastor Gerald said, that process went so well. So it is great for us to be here. It's great to meet you all and to be in person. We, Our church in Minneapolis hasn't started gathering together again yet. This is the first time in three and a half months that I've gathered with God's people to worship and to hear his word. So just thankful for that and for, um, yeah, for today. So, thank you for that. Um, do you want to say anything before I before I close this? Yep, yep. We'll hand it over to Pastor, right. to uh, to Bill, and Bill is going to pray. Stay up here. Don't go anywhere. 
Bill and Eric are going to join us in prayer. And uh, why don't we all stand together and uh, thank God for the process. And thank God for this young man who is here. And he's got his whole ministry ahead of him here. And we trust that the... We trust that you will give him a generous deposit in his pastoral bank account (laughs) and with confidence knowing that God will empower him as he serves and leads us. So would you guys each be willing to say a quick prayer over over Tim? I know we don't want to put our hands on him and do our social distancing, but uh, we'd appreciate it if you would do that. Bill is our chairman, Eric as our search chair. We'd appreciate you praying over Tim. Father, it's with thankful hearts that we come to today. We're uh, a little saddened that not all of our body can be together to do this uh, in one room joyously. But, Father, we know that you have knitted our hearts together already. And we are thankful for the body of believers in Three Lakes that has been looking for a new shepherd. And, Father, we just thank you for bringing... Pastor Tim and Vanessa, to our church, we pray your blessing on their move as well as their future ministry here, Father, among us and living and teaching. We pray that you would open the scripture to Tim Mm -hmm. daily as he uncovers your word to express to us. And Father, pray that uh, we would uh, gain receptive hearts to new things that you have in mind for us as a body, as a community of believers. And we're just thankful for the opportunity that you give us today. We pray this in Christ's name. Lord, we thank you for choosing and sending Pastor Tim to us. I also thank you for sending Pastor Scott to us to shepherd us And bring your word to us over these last 18 months and to guide us through the pastor search process. Father, we humbly ask that you use Pastor Tim to lead Mm -hmm. us to be authentic Mm -hmm. followers of Christ. Mm -hmm. I pray that you would help us to constantly come more and more like Jesus. And that the people in our community would not see us as religious people, but that they would see you in us. Lord, protect Pastor Tim as he leads us and ministers to us. We know that Satan will be on the prowl looking for ways to trip him up or to discourage him. And we ask that you would put up a permanent hedge of protection around him. Fill him every day with your Holy Spirit. Help each of us to remember to affirm him and encourage him a lot. Give us eager hearts to join him in the vision that you give him for our church. Lord, we're not timid in asking you to do great things in our church under Pastor Tim's leadership. I pray that you would energize us to reach out to those who need you in our community. And I pray that Pastor Tim and Vanessa will draw young people into our community of faith and that older people will be captivated by their authenticity and living for you in these unsettled times. Lord... Is it really too much to ask that you fill this place to overflowing Mm -hmm. with people who are seeking and finding you? Mm -hmm. Lord, that's exactly what we are asking of you. You are a good Heavenly Father, and we are grateful people. You have seen us through a long season of searching for your man for us. You brought us a man who follows hard after you, 
And you've brought with him a beautiful family that will support him and enrich all of our lives. You have been good to us, and we sincerely thank you. May your kingdom come, and your will be done in three lakes as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. We pray this all in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. We'll let you sit down. <laughs> but we're going to make Faye come up. The hidden one. Come on over here. You can take your mask off. So they can this, is always, <coughs> excuse me, this has always been a very social group, and we wish we could be more social and actually have a party and you're going, but that's not going to happen. But we want you to know that we're very thankful as a church body, as part of the board, and to others, Father, for the way you have faithfully proclaimed God's word to us and uh, been there for many difficult things that we needed pastoral counsel and help for. And we're just thankful for you and just pray for your future ministry that God has for you. So I'd like to pray for you then to join okay. me. Father, we just thank you for Pastor Scott and Faye. Thank you for their willingness to uh, give of themselves for us. I know that there are uh, places that uh, that uh, they have hearts for other places too. And uh, Father, that you have given them the opportunity to minister to us and come alongside and join us. We can't take lightly friends for a lifetime, Father, because of you. We're thankful for the body of Christ in different places, and we just thank you that uh, they've come to be part of it here, and they will always be here, uh, even though their presence will be elsewhere. Father, we thank you now and send your blessing with them in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. A little token from well, different thank folks. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Kim, of course. Well, as I said, it was a great to gather with many of you this morning, and for those of you who watched online. I pray that this is just an encouraging time for you as well. And as I prepare to start my ministry here, like my one of my hopes is that when we gather on Sunday mornings, right, that it is fuel, it is encouragement for us to go out into the week to be on mission for God as we engage with the people that God brings us in, into contact with in our jobs and our communities. Right? And so as we leave here, hopefully filled and encouraged just hear this word of God as an encouragement and as a blessing for you. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So go in the knowledge that he who calls you is faithful.
You're dismissed. There's cake downstairs that you can take with you to go, okay?